to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation uh you're currently tuning into the cult pop podcast live stream spoiler alert where we talk about and review the week's comics spoiler alert is a warning but also a very a very clever name if i may say so i'm your host johnny destructo owner of johnny destructo's hero complex at 4327 main street philadelphia pennsylvania nestled nicely in the neighborhood of Maniunk. With me this week is the incomparable and preferably trade-waiting Len. <laughs> Hi, the bad triple. Hi, Len. What's up, JD? How you doing? Hey, sidekicks and hench folk. Uh, how am I doing? Yes. How am I, how am how I doing? doing? I'm so sleepy, dog. <laughs> <laughs> this is my sleepy face. Oh, I have a baby, and he doesn't give a fuck. He's yeah, you know. Sometimes, sometimes he pulls a Len, and so I'm like, "Hey, Kai, why don't you go to sleep? Wouldn't that be nice?" And then he pulls a Len and goes, "I don't give a fuck." <laughs> oh, I I thought it was gonna be a Len with just it's a random high pitched noise. <laughs> <laughs> like it's quiet time now. Cool. Ta-da! Like, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, let's see. Um, it's not a spoiler alert without the most emotionally well-adjusted human being I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. Brian Lieb, B, share something wise with the listening and viewing audience. Oh, something wise. You know, but do it, you know, do it faster than we you We always, <laughs> throughout human history, we always think we're on the right track, right? That's the thing. We look back and we're like, those idiots, they didn't know what was going on. But we, we might not know the whole story, but we're on the right track. And the process of human advancement is finding out where we're wrong about that. Oh, so does everybody, everybody have a gun in their mouth? Take it out. <laughs> no, this is, uh, uh, and you don't have to be sad about okay. this. You'll be, you'll be okay is, about it. Right? You'll be okay to, you'll be okay about today in the future. That's no, no, much, this that's is not a, this is not a sad thing, you guys. This is just like, look, we think we know what's going on right now, but we should be aware that we could be wrong about stuff. Be open yeah. to advancement, you know? No. That sounds like some liberal SJW cuck nonsense. Yeah. Mm. I'm tired of you. Imp- Someone give me my gun. I'm tired of you impl- implying that I'm stupid and I don't know what's going on right now. I'm surprised that you caught on to that. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go. Oh, there it is. I'm gonna go. There, that's what I was waiting for. I, All my, right. And also with us this week, Noel. Just, just. Noel. I, I, I got my ego knocked on the ground. I'm gonna pick it up. Oh no! Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> We've got some special guests joining us a little later on for a discussion about Wandavision. But let's, let's just jump into some of these past week's comics. Um, normally, we would jump into the letters column, but. Fuck us, there's no letters. 
Uh, that's cool. No one wants to email us at cultspopgo at gmail.com. Because they, you know what? Because they're hanging, they're hanging out with us here, and they're just going to comment, and I'll be reading those anyway. So what's the point, right? Uh, Action Figure Expert says, hello, hello. What's up going on with you guys today? Robert, Robert Monroe Jr. says, good morning, Colt Poppers. What should I buy today? I got uh, And big congrats on joining the ranks of Daddyhood, JD. Sent you a Facebook message with some advice that has passed on to me that definitely came in handy. I will go look for that after the show. Uh, all right. Someone give Robert Monroe something to buy right now. Um, oh, I, got some, I got something he can put his money towards. Len. Mm. To the work. world's longest live podcast on Kickstarter. <laughs> brought to you by the Black Tribbles. Look it up on Kickstarter, ladies and gentlemen. It's live. We're looking to collect money. We are going to be doing the world's longest live podcast April 16th through the 18th here in Philadelphia, right here at my house. We're going to have a pancake eating <laughs> challenge, a chocolate cheesecake challenge, a rap cipher. We're going to do Star Trek role-playing, Dungeon Dragon role-playing. We're going to do karaoke. We're going to do all kinds of things for 60 straight hours. Look for us on Kickstarter. Go support it because it's going to be insane and we need your help so that we can get medical assistance, caffeine, and alcohol. Thank you. I have a, I have a question. Not necessarily in that order. Yeah. I have a question. Do you, ha- do you have like naps baked in to the, to the criteria? Oh. Or to your your schedule. Thank you, Robert Monroe Jr. I appreciate your contribution to the to our uh, campaign. And uh, yes, we do have some very scheduled naps um, planned, and we also have some very special guests. Um, one who I'm in negotiation with this morning while we're on the phone, so I may be able to hopefully announce by before the end of the show whether or not that's a go or not. So I'm I'm I, and if it is, it'll be. Big time. Is it me? Because I could use regularly scheduled nap. <laughs> yeah. Can Jamie just, just be on the podcast to nap? Just yeah. <laughs> stay away. I'm in charge of naps. Um, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, uh, Robert Monroe Jr. I appreciate it. And everyone else listening, comment below and be part of the conversation. We're going to talk about this week's books. First up is something, oh, that makes sense, Infinite Frontier number zero from DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder, James Tinney IV, Brian Michael Bendis, Joel Jones, Joshua Williamson, Jeffrey Thorne, Jeff Johns, etc. <laughs> I like, we listed <laughs> all of these names, but then some somebody didn't get the cut. They're just etc. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to do uh, that. Our, go yeah, I got tired writing <laughs> like, after here, seven. I was like, you know what? I should just go etc. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with art by David Marquez, Jorge Jimenez, Jamal Igel, Raga Sandoval, Rafa. Howard Porter. Oh, oof. Let's change that note. <laughs> um, Rafa Sandoval, Howard Porter, Ron, John Romita Jr., and, and also etc. Double duties. Yeah. Uh, the next phase of the DC Universe begins here. Dark Knight's death metal presented the darkest threats of the multiverse. DC Future State revealed what may lay ahead. Now it's time to look into the infinite frontier of the current day DC universe. In Gotham City, the Joker jolts citizens awake with an attack even the Dark Knight never expected. In Brazil, a young woman discovers her destiny and her connection to the Amazons. In Bel Rev, Amanda Waller plots an invasion of Arkham Asylum in the far reaches of space. Mongol dreams of galactic domination, while the Green Lantern Corps 
Core. For anyone out there who says Green Lantern Corpse, mm. it's pronounced Core. Green Lantern Core uh, hosts a summit of its greatest enemies at the Hall of Justice. Which, uh, for anybody out joins- there, is pronounced Justice. <laughs> yeah, not justice. With the, at the Hall of Justice, the League joins forces with Black Adam. Beyond the mortal world, Wonder Woman settles into a new role in the God Sphere, and somewhere in the DC Universe, it's the return of Stargirl in an all-new tale written by Geoff Johns. <laughs> Which is uh, For anybody that's listening, it's yeah. not pronounced Geoff, it's Geoff. Geoff. Yeah. <laughs> From the French. Geoff. Geoff Johns. <laughs> This oversized all-star issue kicks off the next great era of storytelling and excitement as top writers and artists reveal what's next for the world's greatest heroes and opens the door to some of the greatest stories of 2021. <laughs> I like how they're not, they're not fronting. They're not like the, some of the greatest stories of all time. Some of the greatest stories within these specific 12 months. Yeah. Uh, scheduling yeah. allowing. Uh, I mean, there was that allowing. one from... <laughs> The early Stone Age that was pretty good. Infinite Frontier is not going to. It's not going to top that, probably. So it's we'll a see. pretty expansive title, though. Infinite Frontier. Yeah, it's but cool. I like it 2021. too. Twenty twenty one. Right. I like the uh, the title. You know, it's a it's one of those kind of generic titles, but I think it's a good entry in that in that category. Uh, so basically what we have here is Wonder Woman, who at the end of Death Metal has ascended to the next state of being, and she's being in. Um, uh, invited by the quintessence. the quintessence to join their ranks. Uh, a group of folk that I rarely, if ever, think about. So when they showed up, I was like, all oh, right, these guys, cool. So, um, and she goes with the Spectre and uh, visits all of the little corners of the DC universe in basically what would we would call an ad, an advert for the books that are coming up and sort of a primer on what you can expect from these characters and from the DC universe as a whole, as well as at the very end, revealing a hereto unforeseen, brand new, hot off the shelves villain (laughs) for the DC characters to fight that we have, I'm just so excited because we've never seen him before. What did you guys think? No. Um, I, so this is like, (laughs) This is, uh, um, I, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed yes. it with the caveat of, oh, this is the 15th primer issue from DC in the last five years. Cool. Like it, it there was the structure of it was fine. Like it was well done for what it was, but it, uh, but it being something that I was like super loving was like, all right. Um, the, I, I, yeah. the, um, the branching sequences with uh, with Wonder Woman uh, and and the Spectre, like the I like the idea of she she's unsure that everything's done and everything's good, so I'm not going to join the quintessence yet. So the Spectre takes her around to be like, "Look, everything's fine. Look, everything's fine." So like that bridging sequence was interesting, but the stuff that he was showing her, saying, "Look, everything's fine," most of it was awful. <laughs> it wasn't fine. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was it was hundreds of people dying in Arkham. It was like everything's gonna be cool. Look, I think they were like so, the regular things that happen. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, there well, like yeah. A Don't worry about the darkness in Gotham. It's it's qu- status quo. Everyone's Batman's dying got it kind horribly. Of. It's fine. Uh, but I think I think overall his 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 basic um, uh, point was like 
hey, look, we killed off the Batman who laughed. So that's great. Yeah, yeah oh, it's yeah. just like, you don't got to worry about that part. But <laughs> yeah. the the short stories that we got previews of books, I enjoyed. Um, I really liked yeah. the Batman one. I liked what they did, like potentially clearing the deck for, for some cool stuff. All those characters, I'm sure that they killed off, will come back in some way, shape or form. But just like this little microcosm of all that terror, I thought it was kind of cool. Um uh, the Flash, which we'll talk about, was pretty cool. Um, and the big surprise at the end, the only thing that was kind of nifty about it was that that character explicitly says that they're the, like, Kirby version of the character. Hmm. For the most oh, part. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, so, like, they do a thing where it's just, like, back to my original strength. Blah. So that, and, and even the way that it's oh. kind of he's kind of depicted, mm-hmm. it makes it seem it's the, like, original fourth world version of the character as opposed to, like, oh, the no new shit. weird shit as a baby, but then not a baby, but then in space yeah. and doing, yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Oh, okay. We'll go back to basics. That's fine. Um, this was this was, like, a solid B minus, C plus. Yeah, I'd go with that. I, I enjoyed dipping my way through the DC universe. Uh, and there, there were certain things that I was very excited about, like Stargirl. Uh, the fact that she has had a very popular, I don't know if it's successful. I don't want to call it successful because I don't know the numbers, but it's been a very popular TV yeah, show. second season. Stargirl. So, yeah. 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 Uh, and the fact that there is not a Stargirl ongoing currently for the people out there who want to see more of this character it was what what couldn't believe it so the fact that she shows up i was very excited about and uh very specifically something that happens within the flash sequence uh i literally clapped my hands in excitement and went yes are we not uh, saying what that can, is all the we can all the solicits are are naming it yeah. so it's not a secret anymore wally west is the flash again um now, it doesn't mean it's going to be good, <laughs> but it means that I'm interested, right? It means that, like, I'm excited about it, and I have, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, having so, Lynn! Go ahead. No, Noel's about to What'd speak. Go, go, Noel. I was oh. going to say, having just finished the first um, Jeff Johns omnibus of The Flash, I get uh-huh. why everyone really likes Wally now, finally. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Had you previously uh, just read fair, the, like... Oh. New Fifty Two Wally as slim as it was like stuff or I read I read everything from um from like no actually no I never really read much Wally Wally was just, oh, okay. uh, the the only Wally that I ever really read was um, Grant Morrison's Justice League the idea of these two like new like him and Kyle Bucks. Yeah, being right, the right. two young bucks and like so I I always liked him I had no problem right, right. and then and then also the um the animated series sure. with Wally. Dug it. Everything was cool, but actually reading a run of Wally's and caring never did. And I just picked up Barry Allen when he came back. Oh, okay. Len, what did you think of Infinite Frontier? Well, I thought Infinite Frontier was a comic book with a lot of pages in it. And uh, oh. I enjoyed turning those pages as I made my way to the end. And then at the end, I was, oh, this is done. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you'll be picking up all these was books. There, was there not a, going through? Was going there on. not a a segment in there that you enjoyed Honestly, at all? The only thing that modestly hit me. First of all, I thought the sequence with with Wonder Woman was kind of cool. It's kind of reminiscent of Kingdom Come. I think I mentioned that in our group chat. You know, because in, in uh, Kingdom Come, the Spectre goes around with you know this this priest and goes seeing 
you know, what's happening in the DC universe. And, and that was the beginning of the quintessence too, was Kingdom Come. There you go. What? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the first, they weren't oh. called the quintessence, but that's when they, was, they were first kind of like seeing these like super yeah. D- Like then those characters would get together. They're like right. high and, level and, being. And bust of, it up yeah. at their uh, house parties. But um, yeah, this <laughs> trying to get to one of those they, parties, man. They just they just play settlers of, of Catan, just like all five of them just get together. No, no, they just they just play guys against humanity, and they just with nachos. Gods <laughs> against humanity. But um, the uh, so that was kind of cool. Even though there's a a flip at the end, which to me you saw coming right away, and I won't give that at least that much of it. I won't give away. I, mean, I think it's been given away. Oh, was it? Okay. Or wait, do you mean who the character is? Or No, 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 no. Not oh, that. Okay. Even though Noel said fourth world, so that kind of like hints yeah. who, who, who it is. But no, I see the, the flip with Wonder Woman's character. You know, like wow. if, if you thought that she was, let's put it this way. If you thought she was going to stay with, you know, the boy group, the quintessence, um, then you haven't been reading comic books. So, <laughs> so she doesn't. But the little trip around DC, I like Star Girl. I think that you know, it probably was smart to see what the numbers, what the feel are of the series before moving her into her own comic book. You know, okay, so, all right, this looks like this is going to be around a little bit. Now let's do a comic book with Star Girl. So I'm fine with that. That was cute. It was very reminiscent of the series, which I enjoyed. So that was fine. I like the whole idea of the you know Teen Titans Academy type of deal which kind of opens up the teen yeah. titans title to have more of a mm. feel of the young justice show so that seems kind mm-hmm. of interesting to me um while i like the idea of wally west being given back his rightful earned inherited mantle of the flash yes i love it i just hope that there's different artwork on it because i just didn't like the art on it but I like the idea of that. Um, and I, I, I honestly am a little intrigued about what they're doing with Black Adam in the Justice League um, story, yeah. which is kind of short mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, I'm not, the art is good. It just doesn't feel Justice League-y to me. It feels kind of more, looks more, they look the, like Superman and Flash are in that, in, in that, um, in that little short story. And they look very much of like Legion of Superhero age as opposed to mm. Justice League yeah. age. But that's- an, It's that, David Marquez, I believe, that does yeah, that. Yeah, and that's just his art style. But this, the story mm-hmm. of it, it looks kind of interesting. I can't say anything about the Yara Wonder Woman who they put in here, because I think her preview is maybe three pages and one of them is a double-sized yeah. flash page that if you blink, you might even miss what even story elements are happening there. So while it's interesting, it's it's just not enough. But I'm interested in the character because of her book. But from yeah. here, I wouldn't necessarily be locked in on it. So there's stuff that's kind of intriguing. The Batman story is is very well drawn and it's beautiful. And I love that Barbara Gordon is back on her rightful mantle, inherited mantle, just despite how it got there, of being more or less the Oracle. I like mm. that. But this that's where like you know JD and or Noel what you said the store the the framing sequence doesn't make any sense if I'm taking you on a tour to show you that everything is okay 
and we're going to stop here and, and, and see that everything is, is fucked up in Gotham. Yeah, well, that's just another Tuesday. You can't let that bother you. Like, well, that still seems, right. kind, of, still seems <laughs> kind of weird. Um, th- that story didn't sell to me until I read the most recent Batman. So then that mm-hmm. so then that sold to me. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm I'm on I'm here for what you're doing. The green the Alan Scott story that happens here, kind of cool. Feels for some reason, call me call me wrong or not, feels a little pandering to me, but that might be a uh a nit that I'm picking here. Um overall it was cool, it's interesting. It catches you up with what's going on in DC. That's great. Let's keep it moving. Right. Um, I was going to bring up the Alan Scott. You know, he comes out as gay to his children. And <clears throat> I think my only question about this, I, I thought it was lovely. I thought it was like, okay, great. You know, I've seen a lot of people online who were like, well, you can't just turn a man gay. And I'm like, well, you know, he's had female relationships. He's got children. But there are plenty of men. Sure who come out in their twilight years mm-hmm. as like, hey, I've always been this way. I have had several wives and I have mm-hmm. children, but I've always been this way. I've just never been able to um, to articulate it. Um, but I think my question is, this is the infinite frontier for people who are to jump on and to, to get to know the characters. But who right. is he? Who right. are these kids? You know what I mean? So I think, I think maybe part of the problem with this issue as a whole is... It does a pretty good job of introducing some of the characters, but other characters, you know, there may be no reason to um, be interested in them because we don't really know that much about them. So I don't know if like this particular scene is best served in this issue because we don't have any any start starting point for these characters to begin right. with. I think you know it's I mean? mostly him, though, in this story, right? Like knowing that they've since announced uh, Infinite Frontier will be their summer event also. And Alan Scott is one of the main characters in it. So you get the idea that they're his kids. And yeah. do you need to know more for his for his point of view in the story? You know? Right. Yeah. No, I guess I suppose yeah. not. Um, yeah. Also, then, too. Uh, Rob, Rob, Rob Patey is saying, I'm sorry, old news. Alan Scott was gay in the new 52 yeah. Earth 2 title. I, he's been, he, the, this character has been coded as gay for um, like almost a decade now, not even just the Earth 2 yeah. um, title, but also in a lot of the things that they've been doing since um, Rebirth, they've been hinting at it. They've been talking about it. It's been side glances. Even he's had like little backup stories of being in the 40s and having like great friends that have passed. Uh, it's it's not, this is not a shock at all. I also yeah. like how they, he doesn't, it's not like I can finally admit it to myself and now you, I'm gay. Like, he has been acknowledging this for some time. Like, he says, like, mm. I've had, you know, I've had uh, relationships with men over the years. I just didn't let on. And, like, some of the people in the Justice Society knew, just not everybody. You know, I thought that that was a, a interesting way to, to do it because it's just more usual, I think, in this or more expected for he couldn't even admit it to himself kind of thing. Uh, so to go the other way, it was cool. It was, it was, I, I thought it was well done, but um, to, to Len's point, to answer even JD's, I, I think it deserved more than um, three pages inside of a, you know, 80 page giant about every other corner of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Like let it breathe. Cause it actually was a well-written scene. It was just mm. sandwiched in and you're like, oh, okay. We're, we're, it was a, uh, it was like whiplash. 
jumping mm. from one to the next and one to the next. It did not flow very well. Brian, what were your thoughts on the book on the, as a whole? Uh, I liked it. I I thought it was cool. I love a good um, overview of the state of the universe kind of kind of book, mm-hmm. you know, for what they're doing. Um, and you know, I feel like since rebirth, when the new fifty two, the first kind of like, hey, let's let's move away from that a little bit. Uh, there have been a lot of partial redos and resets and kind of thing. And this feels otherwise, you know, this kind of feels like, all right, this, this is the big one. We are now embarking on a completely new, but in many ways, pre new, older, pre new 52 direction. Um, and I like that, you know, like I like a lot of where they seem to be headed with it. Um, I'm intrigued by the black Adam story. Um, what else was in here? The, you mean Shiz Adam? Shazada. Yeah, I saw people on online going nuts about that. And then DC was like, we're not changing his name. And it was just like, yes, it was in the comic, but his name is not Shazadam, you know. Um Are you trying to tell me that there are fans out there who get a whiff of the tiniest information mm-hmm. and flip the frick out? Are you is that what you're That's saying? What I'm, saying JD. I, I'm saying it. Um even you telling me that makes me want to flip the frick out. Uh, oh, also, I think it's interesting that Green Arrow and Speedy are in the Seven Soldiers of Victory now, which is a cool, like, in their backstory, not now currently, but they were Golden Age. They were a part of the original team, but then their story changed and they couldn't be. But now it's just that they are, uh, I guess, it was just a slightly different history school. Also, I'm very into that. What JD has on the screen now is Wally uh, accepting the mantle of the Flash. I am I'm very excited about it. JD and I were talking uh, off air the other day and I was like, you know, I, I want Barry to be back and I like Barry being back. I would be totally into if he's some kind of elder presence in one way or another. You know, JD said like Max Mercury or, you know, something like that or some energy being well, off somewhere. You know, that it sounds like both him and Alan Scott are going to be a part of this. Um, yes. The Ori kind of. Yeah. yeah, the the Infinite Frontier team, the people that are at mm-hmm. this uh, the singularity that are trying to figure out something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, and I'm down with that and <laughs> figuring out what they're figuring out. Uh, Brandon's got uh, a good question. Yeah, he says, "How would you all compare it to Rebirth? I feel like it was supposed to be a jumping on point, but it had the same problem JD just mentioned. I'm not sure exactly which problem that is, but maybe just the fact I, that I it he's- jumped around." Uh, well, I think it's the fact that certain segments were introducing mm. characters in a way that sort of let new readers know who then what they're about, and other things just not as right. much. They, they, I think they rely a little bit on people have being around for a little while, and this is like a primer of what's new, not uh, for new readers. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as this is, this book is concerned, I've been thinking about it while you guys were chatting, and I think you know because Noel, you had said we had read a bunch of these over the past however many years, and I think. Call me crazy. I think something like this is good every year oh, yeah. or two years. Yeah. I think they should always do a state of the union <laughs> address to like, because you know, I know as readers, I think we get bogged down by the books that we decide we're going to read and we keep reading those books. And people who aren't us, who do a review show every week, I think get stuck in their little wheelhouses and they don't really get a chance to check out other books. But this, 
these little primers, I think, are a great way for readers to go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't realize this character was over here doing right. this. This actually looks kind of interesting. Yeah. And I think it is a great way to catch up people uh, and maybe get them to try new books. No. I think the um, my feeling of having read this a thousand times is actually also because DC has been doing so many anniversary issues in the last 12 months. <laughs> like Joker, yes. Catwoman, yes. Green, Lan uh, Green Lantern, Robin, even Batman 100 kind of had that same kind of feel because there was tons of backups. Detective 1027, Detective 1000, Superman, like there Flash. have been so many of these that there's yeah. literally no yeah. gravitas left. So no, I, no, no, I, no, thank you, Brian. <laughs> I know. <laughs> God damn it, you guys. I know that this is more like rebirth, but it reads like every other one of those. Also, too, during out during Death Metal, there were seven different yeah. um anthology mm -hmm. books. Like this is yeah. so old hat because they kept using the same weapon for literally every single reason. Mm. The idea of a state of the union or here's the universe mm. as it stands every two years or so. Love the idea. Mm. But in this yeah. format, they're just, they it just DC feels like especially overuses it so much. Yeah. It's, it's just another one. Like every time I get one of these, it's just like, all right, I hope to like half of these. Didn't we just have because a, did, I don't know. I just I, have I, a Valentine's one. We just had a Valentine's. Yeah, no, that's different though. That's like that's so like these are all different guys. Different, different, but yeah. the these form, are very different the, things. Different, but the, the, format, the format is the, it's the same. The format is the mm. same, and so and so in that it's an anthology, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're just getting a lot of framing device that they kind of guide like, you through. Joker eighty year or however many year anniversary was a bunch of Joker stories from different creators of the Joker throughout time. That's not getting people to those people who are buying the Joker are buying it because they like the Joker or are interested in the Joker. That is not something that gets people to try other things. This is a, a different thing. I understand that you're saying maybe a double-sized issue with a bunch of vignettes in it. Right. It's a similar thing, but I, I think these play two different parts totally. I, I Yes, but this, something like, I, I agree with you, but something like this gets lost in the noise of all of those. Yeah, and I think the casual this, reader- This has no that. impact, yeah. Or it has I think the problem impact. lay- I think the problem lay more within just there's too many events and there's too many people, wow. what people consider reboots, which aren't actually reboots. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of customers or people are like, oh, DC doing another reboot. And I was like, no, nah, brah, this is not right. a reboot. This is just, here's where the characters are. Right. Nothing has been reset. Um, well, this one kind of, this well, one, I guess death yeah. metal was Dark Knight's death metal. And then this is the like, here's where they're at right after the big reboot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. it's not a reboot. Well, true, um, true, true, true. Uh, the new 52 was a reboot. I understand. I understand what uh, you're saying, I what but I think, yeah. I think you are, because we, we're, we're in this, this is, this is our culture. This is where we live. Right. But as, especially mm -hmm. if you want to see this as a jumping on point for the readers like us, but also more to point the casual reader of comic books, I think getting lost in the vocabulary of what is a re reboot and what is not a reboot mm. does um it it's like you're just digging a little bit too deep i think the casual readers just looks mm. and sees oh my god it's another big event you know like every time i i mm. pick up a book there's another big event maybe it, it maybe it's not technically actually a reboot it actually is just this worldwide mm. event but it is it, it is something that for them means that potentially whatever regular comic book they're reading now has to be put on pause for a couple of minutes because it's got to mm. either shoehorn something in here or their he or heroes yeah. or 
taken off mission, taken off task to go deal with the stuff, and then to come back and deal with it for just three more pages before another big event yeah. that happens. And I think people get yeah. you you get you get lost in that cycle of of that stuff. And, and, and I agree. And that that's a shame because you're you're right. There is good stuff in between. Just gotta let it breathe, man. Or put some stuff off to the There's, side. This is a this is a great gutter talk conversation, guys. We could actually like yeah. really dissect the idea of events, how good, how bad, pluses yeah. and minuses, especially for the entire line. Or we could do it now. Wait, wait. Uh. Yeah. Well, I just I'm gonna put a capper on that and just say, Len, I I agree with you 100. I'm actually reading a omnibus that Noel had lent me, the She-Hulk omnibus by Dan mm -hmm. Slott. And one of the things I keep telling people anytime it comes up. Anytime I bring it up, uh, it's because it never comes People up. People keep asking um, me about No one comes in and like, hey, remember on? Dan Slott's Every time it comes up when they say from hello, And I bring it up. Yeah. Um, but what, one, of the th one of the pluses that I say is that it's its, it's, its own little universe mm. or its yeah. own little pocket of the Marvel universe. It doesn't really, so far, seem to have anything to do with any big events. It's just She-Hulk doing mm -hmm. She-Hulk through however many mm -hmm. issues. And its it feels rare to get that these days of just like, here is a comic book that exists as it exists. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to worry about dark death metals and what have you and crises um, uh, uh, you're gonna, or secret wars. You're going to get disappointed. How far in are you? <laughs> yeah. Because right, well, never mind. Civil, Let's move on to the next Civil book. War but completely takes expert, over that yes. title. Uh, Jade is, in fact, Alan Scott's daughter. Uh, Jade, those are his two kids, Jade and Obsidian. Jade, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so next up, uh, an interesting project, Berserker. Uh, it's 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 spelled B R Z R K R. Uh, I've been pronouncing it Breezerker. Number one from Boom Studios with uh, Matt Keent and Keanu Reeves on the writing duties, with Ron Garney on the digital art duties. The man known only as Breezerker is half mortal and half god, cursed and compelled to violence, even at the sacrifice of his own. Sanity. But after wandering the world for centuries, Berserker may have finally found a refuge working for the U.S. government. <laughs> That'll do <laughs> to it. To fight the battles too violent and too dangerous for anyone else. In exchange, Berserker will be granted the one thing he desires the truth about his endless, blood soaked existence and how to end it. So I thought this was kind of interesting. I like Keanu Reeves, I think, as a person more than an actor. I think he's a, he seems like a lovely gent. If not particularly sad. Um, but anytime he pops up on my feet, I'm always just like, no, oh, look at this little Keanu Reeves story. This is lovely. Apparently he's very nice to everybody. Um, and I like Ryan Garney very much. I don't really care about Matt, Matt Keent as a, as a writer. I don't think he's written anything that has really blown my socks off. But I was curious about this and I tried it out. And having already read a book from Valiant called Bloodshot and... Um, what was the other one? I feel like, oh, and having already read Brian Michael Bendis's Powers series, mm. this just feels like those two things put together uh, and it, it didn't really feel particularly interesting to me. Uh, there's a lot of violence. I think the art by Ron Garney, a gentleman who I used to really, really like uh, his art style, I think ever since he went digital, it has gotten a little too loose for my tastes. Uh, I think that they could tighten up on the inks. Uh, there are scenes in here where I'm just like, I guess that's brains because of the coloring. I guess those are brains. Um, you know, because he punches his way through people's heads and their heads explode and there's brains on his knuckles. And it just felt like a very over-the-top, uber-violent, 
book that, that I have seen before. And uh, I'll, I'll probably check it out to see where it's going to see if it if it grabs me anymore. Um, but other than that, I just thought it was fine. What did you think, Brian? Uh, I liked it, right? And I went in with pretty reasonably low expectations, from, in my opinion. You know, just, I don't know how Keanu Reeves is as a writer or a storyteller, just the fact that he is known for something else other than comics. There's a lot of vanity projects, you know, were pretty popular like 15 or 20 years ago, and not many of them were that great. Although Umbrella Academy surprised me in that regard. Um, uh, but he had a lot of writing chops. Anyway, um, and then I enjoyed it, right? I I liked how it progressed. I did like the art. It's got a loose feel to it, but but I was digging it. Um, I was really caught by the end. So I did not read Powers or um, uh, what was the other one you mentioned? The Bloodshot. A Bloodshot. Right. I haven't read either one of those. Um uh, or seen any movies. So I, uh, and as soon as we got back to him being really old, right? Not just old, but he's from like 80,000 years ago. Um, I was, I was hooked. I was like, Ooh, I'm into that. Like that, that's right on my alley. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I dug it. It was a pleasant surprise for this one. And I think I'm going to keep reading yeah, I too. I, nice. I I get what JD is saying about the looseness of the art, especially if you've been a longtime follower of, of Ron Garney's art. But that being said, I still enjoyed it. I, I still like the art. Um, I and I thought that it, it fit the the image, the imagery, and the savagery of what is happening. First of all, it is not. I can't remember the last time I was reading a comic book, and I actually audibly. Just said, God damn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, part, which part was it? Uh, I, I, the first head punch, probably. Yeah, like he punches happened. a dude. Like JD said, he does literally punch a dude through the head. And that's mm. the first of many. I was like, yo. Yeah, that's like one of his moves. He does that. Right. You know what I mean? That's his signature move. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? That's his go-to. <laughs> um, so, they should have just called him head puncher. Yeah. So... Uh, 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 so there's that. I I think that it definitely has a very, you know, cinematic type of vibe to it. Um, and, and like it's ultra case. violent as this beginning is. It's it's almost it almost is like the pre credit scene of you know the biggest blockbuster action movie. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's played yeah. out over so many pages because it's a comic book. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, the guy does look a lot like Keanu Reeves, too. Exactly, character, you know? say, for the listeners. So, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, th- like, you're saying, like, Bloodshot, and, you know, um, I-, I read this, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing, um, what's it, what's, What's what's the name? Of, I just forgot the the name of the, the movie series he's in right now. John John, John Wick. Wick. John Wick. I'm Wick. seeing John Wick mixed with uh, Vandal Savage. Um, nah, I'm yeah. like, like, Yo, and Ron Garney is is like channeling uh uh late eighties, early nineties Frank Miller in some of his layouts yeah. and his and his, mm. his yeah. lang- mm-hmm. body language there. Um yeah, it does it feel like a bit of a throwback? Definitely. Is there bits of this that you've probably seen before and he's kind of like t- uh, uh stuck it all together to create whatever this story is? Sure. But that's like happens in tons of comic books. But at the end of the day, it was interesting enough, and I found myself getting to the end and like, okay, I'm 
I'm ready. I'm ready to c- continue. I, 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 I certainly didn't. When we first heard about this project by Keanu Reeves, I certainly yeah. didn't think that this was going to be something that I, I would find myself actually even a little bit interested in. And so I got to give it up to him. He got me. So oh, I, can I, uh, I interject oh, yeah. something real quick? Just yeah. like a fun. Keanu Reeves was an intern at a theater very close to here. Um, when he, but you know, before he was famous, it was the oldest repertory theater in the country. Uh, it's called Hedro, and I, oh, a yeah, couple the of our listeners have been there. Yeah, I uh, have worked there. So, yeah, just a uh, fun injection. Sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, uh, Len, you mentioned it. It's this is like a cold open. It was um, for a larger movie. I think it was like three pages in, and there was like two dialogue boxes and mm-hmm. three pages. And I immediately switched my brain into like, oh, this is just going to be a cold open for a, for a movie, right? Like this issue is going to just be momentum, just push, push, push. And then I, I was able to just really kind of enjoy it after that. But I'm, I'm, I'm not a Keanu Reeves apologist. I'm just a straight up fan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He is a good storyteller and a good writer. I don't know if you guys have ever seen some of his like directorial stuff. Not no. that I'm aware of. Like, wait, uh, some examples. The Man of Tai Chi was just so freaking cool. That was cool. That was, was, that it? was all right. It was all right. It no. wasn't great. It, it was, was great. Right. I mean, it was great. He was, he was, oh, a, I did see He was that. an ishish bad guy, but he directed it and it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, but he, he immerses himself in stuff like this. So even though on the surface it's very slight or genre laden, um, he's not lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these, like, mm-hmm. none of this creative team is lazy. I think in my, in my Thunder Round, it was kind of the, the thing that impressed me the most. Every single aspect of this on paper is like a vanity project and it's cashing checks. Yeah. But the product yeah. itself, there's nothing lazy about it. There's nothing right. lazy about the art. There's nothing lazy about the writing. There's nothing lazy about the story. It's, it's, it's like a Netflix eventual cash grab, mm-hmm. but it's still good for what it is. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can't like argue that like this is, this is just like a, a, a proof of concept for a movie or a TV show. Like, yeah, probably, but it's pretty decent. I liked it. And it can I be both, it you know, like it yeah. can be a cool comic and then a cool, like we could just get two versions of cool shit. This, this ticks me off. Uh, uh, Rob yeah. actually mentioned it. That, uh, yeah, it was 14,571 backers pledged $1,447,000 to help bring this project to life. That is annoying. This was solicited as a comic and already like in the works. And then boom is doing this thing now where they'll, they kickstart eventual collected editions for the books in order to like, just beef up sales and money before it even hits stands. Not a fan of it. Um, And one of my customers had come in and they said that they had backed this uh, berserker um, Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And then I think found out I'm not getting the issues. No, they're just getting a collection later. Yeah, so like, so he came to the shop to buy a copy of the book that he already kickstarted previously, so that he could read it on time. I mean, I'm sure they tell you that. No, no, (laughs) I mean, cool for me, not for the not for the the reader. You should at least get like a digital copy, right? Like, if you're going to kickstart a thing like this, um, maybe send them the issues as they come out digitally, just as a little you know heads up. I mean, as a retailer, don't do that. <laughs> I, th- I think you they do have like the collections though, but it's yeah. all afterwards. Like the first, the right, first right. payout of the of that Kickstarter is going to be like yeah. November. The movie will already be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh. Which I saw. I saw the. I saw the article title. Uh, Keanu Reeves hopes to play Berserker lead role. Ooh, what do you think his <laughs> chances are? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, hopes to in the sense that he would like there to be a movie, and if so, yeah. he will play it. Yeah. Um, you know, JD, I was um, just uh, talking to somebody about uh, kind of similar to what you were saying about Infinite Frontier. Uh, one of the selling points of this is it's its own thing. You know, I mean, as mm-hmm. as all independent things are, but it grips you still um and not all independent things do that right away um and it's nice to have like oh here's a new universe to explore that will be totally explored as much as it is in this one series next i'll tell you chariot. um chariot because uh no no this is a special request from Noel because he wanted to uh he has to split soon but he wanted to ch- see what we thought about oh, this yes, book right, yes right. okay uh so Chariot number one from AWA Comics, written by Brian Edward Hill and art by Priscilla Petrades. I hope I did not butcher that, Priscilla. Um, The Chariot was a Cold War era secret government project to provide its star agent with a weapon unlike any other in the form of a supercharged muscle car. It sank into the ocean decades ago and the agent along with it. Now... A petty criminal looking to reform his life has stumbled upon the chariot, and he is about to find out that the agent's consciousness is still controlling it in this synthwave thriller. Um, Noel, if do you want to do you want to kick this off, bud? Uh, I mean, it's no it's no shock or surprise that I enjoyed this. I I didn't I that's the first I've even heard the solicitation. Um, yeah, I just picked <laughs> this up because every time every. It's it's like my de facto job to just read as much as humanly possible to kind of like toss to you guys like, hey, maybe try this or we'll try this instead of just reading the same stuff every week. So yeah. I had no expectations giving this a shot. But for some reason, all of these genre tropes mashed together really worked. Uh, I really like yeah. Brian Edward Hill as a writer in general. Um, but then all of these... I mean, they're all tropes that they're, they're all like nothing special tropes, but just the alchemy in which he put them all together and pasted in this story with this artist. I was like, this is fun as hell. Like you've got a criminal trying to be better for his dying son and, and he gets a magic car and, and, and then it turns to like incredibly violent at the end. And it's just like, this is, this is, um, I could see this as a film or a TV show, but it's very explicitly a comic book. And I loved it. Yeah. I just love the aesthetic too. Uh, I I thought I was special by by recognizing the fact that it's kind of synthy and and even though it's um th- you know supernatural slash sci fi, it's grounded but with neon. But I guess that was obviously the aesthetic. If you look at the cover, no, I love this. I, I really love this. Surprisingly, Brian, what'd you think? Um, I am not really into stories where a car is the thing like they, i don't think any of them have gripped me ever you know that uh then i might you know what that one where the dude turns into a car that one's pretty cool you guys remember that show and his mouth would become the grill yeah yeah um it, what? it's so what? it's a heavy lift what's that i don't know what you're talking about but go ahead that was, was yeah I- it was either a cartoon. Yeah, I remember or that. Brian. Yeah, it was a cartoon, and he would like get on all fours, and then his hands would turn into the rubber wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His mouth would become the grill. When he and, would yeah, get yeah. wet, as I recall, was it which body must horror? have been a big obstacle in life? Yeah, <laughs> 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 more than a power. Google it. Go yeah. on. Continue your thoughts. So anyway, um, 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a high pull for me to be into a story about a car, and and this didn't this didn't grab me. Okay, yeah. fair enough. What the shit? Uh, the aesthetic is good though. Yeah, Len. Wait, a minute. guy turns into car cartoon. <laughs> All right, so oh, while he's doing that, uh, are y'all I, talking about? Tur- Turbo oh team. Oh my god, I've never heard Sounds of this. About right. Um, I'm today it was years a live old. Action one where something similar happened too, but I don't know. I think was I'm it, conflating them. Was it by David Cronenberg? Does that sound? <laughs> yeah, sounds the like pilot nasty was, yeah. body oh horror. <laughs> well, you know what? It makes sense. It makes sense that you would. This uh, was from ABC Network in 1984, and yeah. this yeah. comic book just on the cover has a very <laughs> 80s look about it. And there's definitely a very 80s, 90, early 90s type of vibe about it. That's what I felt when I was reading this comic book. It's cool. It's cute. It's, it's all right. It, it, you know, it's not doing anything bad. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought this was okay. It's interesting. All right. It felt like, it honestly felt like the pilot episode of a TV series that I would say, okay, this is cool. But I don't think I'm going to watch you at Friday night at 10 o'clock. I'm sorry. You know, right. it's just it's just not for me. I'm going to keep on turning on something else. But it it, it it's not it's like Noel said. It's a bunch of tropes thrown in there together, and it's like you. I don't know. It just didn't do. It just didn't hit me like that. No, I guess also what I didn't like was and this is just, this is a, a nit I'm picking is the the car. Is definitely like looks like a computer model in some of the sh- in some of the, the scenes, oh. as opposed to like hand drawn. And sometimes it just pulls me out of out of the mm. the um the the, the 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 quote unquote reality of the comic book a little bit. Um, so yeah, I it, it was uh, yeah, I thought it was a good looking book. Uh, the the car being a, a model didn't really bother me very much. Uh, having you know. Having dabbled in art, uh, having to draw a car over and over and over again from different <laughs> angles seems tedious and impossible to me. Um, but that didn't bother me. I actually think the the car blended well into the the artwork itself, so it didn't really feel like there. It kind of looks like an ad on a billboard. <laughs> but it does have some. Um, but like the other art is so comp. Like that's the car's deal. Is it's a little different from the rest of the world. True. You know? True. Mm. Yeah. Um, the other art I thought was very competent, very well done. Uh, I thought that the pacing of the issue, maybe it went by so quick because it was so well done. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, wait, we're, we're done. I feel like I just mm. opened the book. Um, there's, there's not too much dialogue going on. It's mostly just um, uh, explosions, shooting, murder. Here's your lady uh, ghost. I'm just noticing now the way they do some of these sound effects within the uh, oh, yeah. perspective of the scene. Is you were just on one a couple of right there in the bottom right, the yeah. room is kind of like with the car in yeah. depth in the scene. And on the previous page, they have one that I noticed first. Uh, splash is a, a cool sound effect oh, yeah. when somebody gets hit by a car and uh, presumably is killed. Uh, yeah, and, his, but it's yeah, also kind of like pimple. spread out on the ground in um, in perspective. It's pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, but I I, th- I think it's a, a fun first issue. Not fun enough to get me to read the next one. Uh, I think if it comes out in a trade paperback and Noel is like, y'all should read this, I have no problem uh, reading this in a trade. I was actually going to say, can you just pull the trade for me? <laughs> you got it. I'll, I'll, I'll write a, a list down for you. Um, so, yeah. 
No? You guys are all wrong. This this book was great. All right. Okay. <laughs> Did you want to do a thunder round before you leave? You get the trade. Uh, you know what? I got an extra five minutes. You want to talk about Demon Days? I got some thoughts. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I just checked the traffic. It's light. Thank uh, you. All right. Demon Days, X-Men, number one from Marvel Comics, with uh, writing and art by Peach Momoko, a wandering swordswoman with a psychic blade, arrives at a village that's been targeted by demons. One demon is black and white with a terrifying red tongue, and another may be the strongest demon there is. In the stunning kickoff issue of this prestige quarterly story, you'll see a revolutionary reimagination of the Marvel Universe that could only come from Peach Momoko. Ready your katana and enter the mysterious world of demons, monsters, mutants, and magic. Book one of five of the Demon Days Saga. I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't know much about Peach Momoko. They just sort of came out of nowhere and all of a sudden there were thousands of variant covers for a myriad of different projects. And um, I was like, oh, some of these are pretty cool. I think some of them work more than others. But this I thought was very cool. The Basically, we just have the Marvel Universe in, was it Edo, would you say? The feudal Japan? Mm-hmm. Seemed to be. Um, so, so it felt a little bit like um, Miyazaki um, in that there are these... F- forest spirits, they're spirits of all these different things, and once you anger them, they're not out to get you, but if you fuck with them, you find out, right? So uh, I thought this was actually really, really cool. The fact that we've got Venom as a spirit, uh, a disgruntled spirit, and Hulk as a disgruntled spirit, and Psylocke as this sort of Ronin sword for Mm -hmm. hire. I like seeing these reimagining of these characters, and they are very much only these characters in visuals right. only right mm-hmm. uh it's not like psylocke existed back then or this is if psylocke existed back then this is a completely new reimagined universe and i just thought it was a, a, a fun experiment a fun um first issue I, I really enjoyed it and it's it's gorgeous the art is lovely uh what did you think Noel? um i agree the the art it's uh, like the the layout of the book the art the concepts the outline of it is very uh, evocative and beautiful and, and, and is dreamlike in a good way, not in like a, um, an impenetrable way. Mm-hmm. The writing was fine. Yeah. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was a great outline, great concept, amazing art. It's fine. Like the, the reading the story was like, was, was almost a struggle. However, experiencing the story was nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I wonder, I, the art, I'm sorry, the um, the writing felt YA. Yeah, but, I can see that. But like, even, yeah, a little, even a little less than though. Like uh, it wasn't like hmm. written down. It was just like missing beats. Yes. And I, if, if the intent was to make it all feel like a story told dreamlike, like just orally, sure. But it also just kind of kept me detached from any of the dialogue. It was just enjoying the the outline of the story more so than being immersed in it. Mm-hmm. It kind of has a fable feel in that context where it's mm-hmm. like, we are telling you this story that you know already. Like, you know the beats of this story. And here is. <laughs> and fables are sometimes like that. You know, they just yeah. kind of give you the highlights. I, I almost would have preferred this if it was all text boxes. And no dialogue. Like if somebody, if a narrator was telling me 
across all this, then it would probably feel a little different. Yeah. But switching mm-hmm. back and forth between dialogue that kind of sounds like narration and then narration in large chunks at the top f- was a little was was just fine. Yeah, there was a disconnect between the two, and I, and I don't think they served the. I don't think that the the storytelling of the artist and the writer were on. I don't think they were on the same page as you were. Um, the art is the art is it's a beautiful book, just like JD said. It is beautiful. I do think that the I think that this like Miyazaki and some of the um, the best. Uh, anime it is a book that lives on two planes in that it is has a ya feel and look to it but a sophistication that an adult can appreciate um Mm -hmm. but when you have that then there has to be there has to be a meeting point of where the the two viewpoints meet where where they don't rub up against each other and i think that this artwork as beautiful as it is i think sometimes does not serve the sophistication that they want or or no the writing does not serve the sophistication that the art is presenting i don't i i don't think um but uh, so that could just be a learning learning curve or that may be just a matter of this actually is supposed to be ya I don't know. I'm so I'm just going in at it, just looking at it the product on a whole and saying that I think that for the most part it sticks the landing and yeah. is beautiful and it's um something that is worthy to be, you know, to to be out there and it, it certainly should be championed. Um hearing that it's a quarterly though, admittedly it's a lot of pages, so I, I'm I'm not mad at that, but quarterly? Wow. Yeah, like why not now. just wait to do the whole book? It's you know the next yeah. issue is June, I think. Yeah, I mean come yeah, on. That's man. A yeah, I agree with that. So that mm-hmm. that's uh, speaking of sticking day. the landing. Oh, sorry. No, 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 I'm done. Uh, speaking of sticking the landing, I enjoyed the whole book, but I was much more interested at the end where um the twist. I, yeah, the twist. Um so if you don't want to know the twist, stop listening. Uh um <laughs> Yes. No. Oh no! I, I like I. I recognize that my concerns and how it's this issue is told could very easily or very quickly be taken away by whatever the next issue is. Because oh, yeah, if yeah. it is a constant pullback of the stories being told by another character and they're going to see their story, like, like yeah. if it, if it turns into that, then that means that my hesitations are um, intended, mm-hmm. right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, and oh, also, yeah, cool, great. Yeah. You know, as far as twists go, I mean, it's it's nothing to do with this story, really. And it would be good for people to know that uh, it changes from this, that it jumps into the present um, or closer to the present, at least, um, yeah. significantly closer to the present. Um, and uh, that intrigues me. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know who the the one of the main characters in Yellow and Black is you know translates from is that Danny Moonstar? That's, what I, that's I the only so. thing I could come up with is is her, but I don't know. And I nothing do. that's about, how she looks. Yeah, to me, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do like um, Wolf Logan, and that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I didn't realize. I think. Oh, so long, no. No good. Oh, bye, no. 
I know. <laughs> Go ahead, um, Brian. So the uh, I didn't realize that it was going to be just uh, as tenuous a connection to the X-Men stuff as it is. Mm. You know, I thought it was going to be. Mm. I just assumed that it was going to be like if Psylocke was in this time or something like that. Um, yeah. Once I got on board with that, like once I knew what was happening with that, uh, I liked it. I, you know, I like mythology and, and that kind of story. And uh, Japanese mythology is not something I have a lot of familiarity with. So I enjoyed that. I wondered, like, why is the Hulk type character red in this? Why didn't they just make her make him green? And why is Venom? And why is the Hulk in it at all? And why is Venom in it at all? And then in the, in the end of the issue, they give you a little overview of who these characters are in traditional mythology. Yep. Um, and I see why it, it's because, you know, with Venom, it's like, Oh, it fits very well. The, this, this, uh, aspect, this character translates to Venom very well. And the Hulk yes. thing, the redness is very important. Um, yeah. Yeah. and, uh, I, you know, and I like that. I like that kind of adaptation. I thought it was cool. Um, and yeah, it was a story as we were saying, you know, it was, it was a uh, story that was not particularly original in the sense that it is a very old tale <laughs> that, that she yeah. is retelling. And I like that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. And I'm curious to see what's up. You know, there are some superpowers, presumably, or something, because this mm -hmm. Logan is still there, you know, so many years later. Yeah. Uh, the only thing about the writing is that it didn't bother me, uh, having read a lot of um, Stan Sakai's... Oh, yeah. Um, 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 Usagi yeah, Ojimbo. Yeah. Oh, okay. It feels like the writing just feels very much in line with this form of storytelling. Like a simplicity um, kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Sort of stark, yeah. uh, stark of dialogue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I'm, I'm looking forward to more. I was, I was disappointed to find out that it's quarterly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Come on. Like, I that's get that it strange. would take a while. Like, this is presumably all like watercolor. This is what it looks yeah. like. Um, yeah, it's watercolor. But yeah, why not just wait until you've got a few more in the can, as I believe they might say. I think yeah. that's what they say. Nice All right. So those are, those are this week's books. Uh, please like and subscribe if you're enjoying what we do. We put up stuff throughout the week, including Thunder Rounds, which are 60-second reviews. Uh, every Tuesday at 2 o'clock, I do an unboxing video here at my shop, JD's Hero Complex, where I show you all of the stuff that is hitting the shelves in my, my tiny little shop. And people hang out, we chat, and uh, I pull books aside if you want them, et cetera, et cetera. Like and follow us on Facebook. We go there as well uh, at Cult Pop Podcasts. Become a patron um, by going to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Wait, you get a title and if you donate? You become a patron? You become a patron. That's yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to move on to WandaVision. We're going to bring in Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi. Oh, Hi, there he is. It's Rob. Um, oh, Samuel David says, we need more reviews from Brandon. Isn't Brandon supposed to be? Oh, is he, is he down here? Oh, there he is. Oh, my that, God. Samuel David. <laughs> His computer is no longer moist. Yeah. Uh, Captain right, Comics yeah. says, ahoy, mates and mermaids. Hi, Captain Comics. What's up, Samuel hey. David? Um, Brandon, Samuel David just commented, we need more reviews from Brandon. There it is. Let me ask you this. But here you are now. What, what did you have for breakfast, Brandon? And then what, what is your review of uh, skipping breakfast and watching the live stream? 
But yeah, let's break that out into the two. What's your review of Skipping Breakfast separately? What's your review of the live stream that you are now on? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, shoot. Cool. All right. Um, <laughs> high praise from Brandon. At um, least, he says. At least. Two out of five. Oh, okay. There it's we too go. late. You've ruined. You've, yeah, we're enemies. Hi, oh, my goodness. Um, all right. So, oh, and then uh, Rob Patey, longtime friend of the Hi. show. Aw. Thanks, for, for, for people who don't remember, uh, Rob was one of my co-hosts on the Spoiler Alert podcast uh, like 10 years ago? No, yeah, about, about, well, no, for 10 years, about two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then he decided yeah, yeah. comics, he's just too good for comics, and right. comics are for stupid nerds, and uh, he was going to basically wander the earth. Kane like, style. Yeah, yes. like Kane and Kung not Fu. Learning kung, not learning Kung Fu, just watching Kung Fu. Yeah, so I just yeah. wander the earth with my phone in front of me watching episodes of Kung Fu. Yeah. It was a very fruitful endeavor. I'm glad I did that. Welcome back, buddy. Thanks. Um, all right, let's talk about WandaVision. Robert Monroe Jr. says, I need to rewatch WandaVision in the context of the stages of grief. Which were actually oh. originally just about people facing their own impending demises not for other you know um elizabeth kubler ross i believe was describing what she observed in people themselves and other people later said like oh others go through this as well but that may or may not be so you know hmm. yeah and the, and the other theory behind it is is that stages is probably an inappropriate term and in that there are phases of it, but it's really more of a circle. And I just lost my uh, dog on Thanksgiving, and he was 12 years old and no kid. So pretty Fergus. much my fur baby is my, yeah, um, pretty much is my kid. And it's true. It's a waxing and a waning. It's, uh, you know, you go to anger, and then you go to acceptance the next day. And then you know, the day after that, you're, you're a little pissed off again. And I think they exemplified that in this show. They really did. Uh, who wants to give us a breakdown of the show? Just a quick. Any- I can try. Brandon, go ahead, buddy. Go. Tell us about um, WandaVision. So the show is about uh, how much? How are, how much are we spoiling? Just to we'll spoil everything. It's spoiler. Yeah, we have, if you want to okay. not hear about WandaVision, listen to something else, and then come back when you want to hear about WandaVision. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. yeah. So it starts off with um, Wanda and Vision, and they are living in a it's a seemingly sitcom world in the fifties, and as the show progresses. The shows that they are parodying progress through the decades from the 50s to the modern day, and they parody a lot of popular television shows. But in the actual context of the show and their family, uh, things start to go a little weird. They run into a lot of hijinks that you would expect from sitcoms, but then also things get a little crazy because it turns out this is all Wanda's way of dealing with her grief from Vision because someone really messed her up. And so now she is dealing with that by reliving sitcoms because that was her comfort food as a child. And she eventually has kids in this world. And yeah, that's about it yeah. until the end where then we find out that there is another that first off, we find out that Wanda has magic powers, not just um, infinity stone powers, but she also, she is actually a witch of some sort. She is the Scarlet Witch, in fact, and 
she finds this out from an evil witch named Agatha Harkness, who has been pretending to be Wanda's friend this whole time, but it turns out is actually just there to try to steal Wanda's powers. And she eventually convinces Wanda, or tries to convince Wanda to give her, to give, Agatha tries to convince Wanda to give Agatha Wanda's powers. But that does not work out because, of course, Wanda is not an idiot. And Wanda eventually defeats Agatha and releases everyone from the town who she had been enslaving. And then she goes off and lives in a farm. And no one really cares about anything else she did. Uh, JD, may I, may I go first here? Because I've got to leave in just a couple of minutes myself. I yes. Offer my thoughts. Thank you. Um, oh, thank you, Diogo. He says, hi, everyone. Have a great live stream. Awesome. That's Diogo. He's a oh, fantastic. Oh, it feels weird that he's saying hi, but then it sounds like he's signing off with have a great live stream. <laughs> no, he'll be here, but he's still... He have a great live stream. <laughs> um, great. So I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I, as you guys know, I was hoping that uh, Vision would come out intact. And mm-hmm. I was a little surprised that you know, it looked like Wanda, uh, when she created her WandaVision version of Vision, the color of her magic kind of changed to the Mind Stone. And I was like, oh, that must be a part of the real Vision, too. And uh, I really thought that they were going to merge the two the two Visions, you know. But that being said, the fight between the two of them was awesome. And the resolution of the fight was awesome, where they have a philosophical debate about identity and existence to solve this fight, <laughs> solve the problem. Was it, was it the ship ship of Theseus? The ship or? of Theseus, yeah. 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 Um, you know, a very common, if you haven't heard it as that, you've heard the axe handle, you know, replace the handle and replace the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it would have been maybe a more philosophically interesting solution to that if they had merged together. Mm-hmm. Like, the real one is the two of these mm-hmm. kind of propositions coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, an, it is a philosophical question. You know, I don't, need or expect an answer to enjoy that question um, yeah. uh, as it is. Well, I think they kind of did, though. What's that? I mean, they didn't, like, physically merge, but mm. they mentally the merged. white vision now, yeah. Yeah. yeah, is like, he has the old memories of vision, but he's also his own does person. Does he have the memories so, of the WandaVision vision, though? I don't think so. True. He does yeah. not have that one. I mean, and he they also have both have the ability to go intangible, which is a, <laughs> would be a very <laughs> mergy kind of thing to do. Um, yeah. and so with this character specifically, I was like, oh, they could merge, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought the way that that wrapped up was great. And Vision is around. I don't know why this WandaVision Vision didn't say, oh, by the way, there's another <laughs> Vision is back, Wanda, yeah. just so you know. Um, heads up. the way that I'll next appear, I pose the question is as this other guy. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, I'm just saying it. Yeah. And I like that look. That's cool. So, um. I was a little disappointed that Agatha Harkness is, you know, just bad, but I don't know that she'll stay just bad. Um, you know, in the comics, mm-hmm. she's pretty uniformly good, but suspicious, you know, like yeah. she does some things yeah. that aren't so great. Um, and, you know, she she's there still and they may they may run across her again, like uh, pretty easy for that to be done. Um, I'm looking forward to um, Monica Rambeau. You know, she fully came into her power here. Uh, that was pretty cool, and uh, presumably that continues to exist after the hex. You know, I mean, yes, yeah, she's yeah. Captain, she's photon presumably in this. I don't know what they'll call her, but um, she's great. Which I love an energy based character. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that you bring up a good point, Brian. Is who is the actual villain here? I don't think Agatha was 
all bad. Yeah. She is selfish, but I see Wanda as the villain. And she didn't even apologize, yeah. right, guys? When she, she, I yeah, mean, she I knows yeah. that what she did no was one wrong. Cares. She turns it off right away, and that's great. But she's walking through these people, and she's not like, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. But, Listen, that's the most comic accurate thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. But there's a good point, Rob. Yeah. Um, she, uh, yeah, it's, it's murky. You know, it's ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, and as catchy as that, it was Agatha all along song. Yeah, is. It was so good. Yeah. It's not, so good. it's not true. I mean, uh, it, those things you know. were her all along, but she wasn't, yeah. As, yeah. it doesn't say I was the bad guy all along, you know? Right. Um, she did kill Sparky. She did. That's true. <laughs> which depending on the previous existence of that dog is, could be pretty bad. Either way. It's not That's great. True. Did it exist before? I never even yeah. thought of that. I don't know. It did. But still, um, I mean, it existed then. <laughs> Whatever its true reality was, it, it it had something. Samuel David says, yeah, she hears the sirens right. and splits. <laughs> yeah. A villain move. That's true. She hears people coming. She's like, well, I guess I'll fly Totals. off now. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, everyone does that. I Batman can, does that. I can that. hear the repercussions of my own actions. I got to. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but Batman does that with the criminals thrust up with a little bat symbol on there. Right. She just beats yeah. The police out. are yeah. wrongly and going Agatha after is him. Now, sort of Agatha wrongly. is now trussed <laughs> up. <laughs> She's now a nosy neighbor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, hey, and, and Hayward is ice cream trucked in a corner <laughs> so she did she beat the bad guys that was my well i'll let brian because i know brian's gonna leave keep keep going big well i do want to hear what you're gonna say now i was, I was gonna go but <laughs> the only thing i was gonna say is like that was my my immediate um thought at the end of watching the series it was like i know she did i know she did not just peace out <laughs> like she was like she was an insurrectionist in washington because she just totally uh, like yeah. Dipped out like deuces, <laughs> like dude, like the. W- she picked up a podium and just the walked one- off. <laughs> the one lady said, "Like, yo, can my daughter just leave her room? Like, this right. is what she was doing to these people, and then she's just going to be like, yeah, um, <laughs> 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 I mean, maybe it's because and, 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 and I didn't even like that. I didn't even like that. Monica was like, yeah, well, I guess." Like, yeah, like you, you know, you've got powers now. Maybe you might want to like listen. Like, Monica's really grateful for the powers. She's like, listen, I'll let you go. You gave me powers. Nah, I'm, gonna nah, let you, nah. I'm gonna let this one slide. Yeah, and, and I know, again, not a, I know, not a superhero move. Yeah, I know that Monica Rambo. I know that uh, we recently did a whole big thing about Civil War and how people with powers <laughs> need to have registered. <laughs> And you were you were an outlaw recently, and still are arguably but, the cause uh, of that, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Bye. Yeah, I mean it Listen, was accidental. I mean, maybe it's, and, maybe it's yeah. because of the X Men mm. comics that I've been reading. But like to me, this all feels very accurate. <laughs> like Wanda, she got rid of like the entire X Men universe yeah. and was like, uh, and that's never really. She's never really had consequences oh, for that, that either. I, he, Brandon is absolutely one hundred percent right. That's the I whole remember X Men right now. They're calling yeah. her the Pretender. They're like she's not a real mutant, and she did all these things to us, and they all hate her because yeah. she got she faced no consequences for her actions. Yep. yep. Now I must that go, me off gentlemen. Too, although that sounds, oh. uh, I'm sure there will be much more interesting stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I liked it and uh, enjoy the live stream. Bye, so buddy. Bye, Brian. Uh, yeah, I, that pissed me off when, you know, they finally brought the Scarlet Witch back after, what was it, Children's Crusade or whatever that was called, and they found her at, on Wondagore Mountain, and they brought her back, and then she just joined the Avengers again, and there was, like, maybe a page of people being like, are we sure this is, and then everyone was just fine with it, and I was like, but she, yeah. 
committed genocide, yeah. like magical, no more mutants. She, mm. she brought down the entire mutant race to 198 people. And now she's just- it like, was, To be fair, it was narratively getting really out of control because Graham Morrison took some magic mushrooms <laughs> and made like yeah. 4 billion mutants. That's so it, it, needed, it needed a contraction. A little, yeah. con- a culling. Well, yeah, narratively it needed that, but also narratively she needed to face consequences <laughs> yeah. for her actions. Yeah, I think I would have felt a little bit better at the end of this show, which I loved. I haven't even said that. I thought, you know, the first two episodes of this show, when they first hit, I was like, ooh, okay, this is cute, but I, oh, I hope we get somewhere soon. Um, it's definitely a slow burn that pays off over time. And I think you needed, in retrospect, you needed those two episodes where it's 90% actual um, sitcom in order I'd to- I'd say the first three. Yeah, three and a, like two and a yeah, chunk, it's, right? It's like the end of three yeah, yeah. where it flips a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then four right. is the one where we really get into it. But in retrospect, I think you need those slow burn beginning episodes to really feel mm-hmm. the full consequences of these innocent bystanders in this town who are trapped inside their own bodies doing things that they can't control mm-hmm. and are in literal pain. The one guy says- it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important for that. But then on top of that, to go ahead at the very end and let her just float off into the sunset it is even worse because you do feel the, or at least I did, I felt like, man, these people are suffering and there should be actual consequences for Wanda having done this. Even if it's, you know, she is a danger to herself and others. And when you are a human, you get put away right, for that. Right. Uh, and this, she's like, I am a danger to everyone. I'm going to go to a cabin. So, I mean, I understand the problem of like, maybe they're not powerful enough to even stop her, but the fact that she doesn't feel as a character, the necessity to turn herself in and at least maybe do some soul searching or something, you know, it just, it, that, that struck me as a little bit of a true misstep. Well, she took it, she, she took it on herself to go do that soul searching. So she's right. in the middle of. Montana or whatever the hell and living on the drinking coffee on the regular plane and mm-hmm. while well, studying evil magic on the astral plane. She's yeah. a little scary looking at that. Well, I don't know if it's evil magic. I don't know if that's just like the book of magic that she's studying and everything right. like that. I thought it was the dark oh, yeah, so, so, it is well, the dark it is. You're right. By name, that sounds like black magic. So right, very true. Very true. <laughs> oh, wait, you're, you're familiar with the dark hold. It's from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season three or four. Really? Well, you know, well, you know, mm-hmm. Brandon's oh, got I didn't... The, the, the Agents of Shield compendium. So if he says that that's what it is, I know that it's true. But the, it was from the best. But what season. I will say is that you know, as much as I didn't like consequences at the end of this, two things. One, um, I think that as a series as a whole, it's good. You know, I think I think that one, this is the the one way that you could give these two characters a project that's unto themselves without it having to be this big full-blown movie that i because i don't think as a movie it wouldn't have worked it worked for what what it was you know what i mean and it was interesting and it was it was a slow burn but it was very thought-provoking in this in getting into the mindset of uh wanda and what she was dealing with in regards to what she lost and 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 her meditation on that. That was very interesting. And their flip use of Agatha Harkness, I didn't mind because in the comic books, while she's always been kind of like a little ambiguous, but definitely more on the side of good than evil, 
but ambiguous to say the least. She has always been the Wanda's teacher. So for her to almost be set up now to be this ear that Wanda can go back to, regardless of whether she may not trust her as a um, a trusted narrator or, or whatever, but she could still go back Cannibal. to her to for you know use of- sort of a Hannibal Lecter exactly exactly yeah. so yeah. so I kind of like that and I see this as just the continuing narrative of the MCU she doesn't face yeah. consequences but who yeah. knows that might be a bit that is picked up in another one of the series or another one of the films yeah. you're setting up like these other phases and everything like that and you've got to big her up you've got to big up her status so that she is more substantial when she does turn back to the movies. Because trust me, mm-hmm. trust me, you know that Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany got it written into their contracts. We'll do this series, but don't try and X us out of the movies. Don't try and say, mm-hmm. like, we can't be back in the movies for them bigger paychecks, all right? We'll do what you mm-hmm. what you have us do, but make sure we get a, we get our um, star to shine and all, you're not all of a sudden just going to start elevating everybody else up. So for all yeah. that, I'm at the end of the day, fine with it. I, yo, I'll cape for Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau all day, every day. So I was with that. The little, like, I'm even down with the sexy scroll that shows up at the end. I was like, yo, what's up, scroll lady? How you doing? She's kind of cute. With little ears and stuff. So it was, it was just, it, at the end of the day, as, as, as slight as it may have seemed in the beginning, at the end, I came around to like, I enjoyed this. This was kind of fun. This was this was fun television, yeah. and I'm and I'm hopeful that they're true to this form. And this was the series finale because I don't need a return to this. Yeah. I just need like this nice little pocket, sweet, sweet stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, th- to me, this is what I wanted Marvel television to be like when they uh, announced the Agents of Shield mm-hmm. show. I was looking for this level of of storytelling, I think, or, or at least forward momentum with characters from the MCU. And I don't think that we got that as much as I would have liked in shield. Um, uh, Oh, Robert Monroe says, I was hoping that the white vision would have been created from the original human torch that was briefly seen in Captain America. Yeah, that's true. It was seen in Captain America. Was he? I don't remember. In the first Captain America, um, you see the human torch in like the, like the, 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 the dome thing or what casing. casing, you know, you just see him standing the giant action figure. They case. don't reference yeah. him, but you see him. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, and Tom uh, angle, uh, uh, Tom angle. He says, Hmm, <laughs> Todd, who did Wanda really hurt in WandaVision? I don't know why you guys feel the need for her to be, but she emotionally tortured a hundred or more people. Even, if, she, even yeah. if you don't want to yeah. put it as emotionally tortured, she took control of their lives yeah. For it was like a it was like a magical room. Right. <laughs> it was it was kidnapping, yeah. right? It was also kidnapping because she was, was in many she things. Was. It was it many, was many, many things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was and, and West Westview is kind of a piece of shit town, but she also jacked it up pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it was Property it did damage. Not remain unscathed. Yeah, yeah a little bit. I, I can't tell if he's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, Robert says, I think some of those Wanda issues will be dealt with in the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, I like the yeah. little tidbit that yeah. um, 
when um, Agatha was talking about how the Scarlet Witch is even more powerful than the Sorcerer yeah. Supreme. I yeah. thought that was like, well, that's interesting. Um, is that your Doctor Strange comes? That's where Doctor Strange come in, comes in. He's probably going to help her control her powers. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Says action figure. Yeah, expert. but see, my thing with that is that's so far away. I'm just, I don't feel like waiting a year for it's that. It's a year! Like, it's, it's so long. There's so much. My thing is, like, there's so much other, I don't know, I guess it's just. You say it's a tiny. year, but we're. It's just like, there's so many other things. You say it's a year, but we're already in March of 2021. Think how fast that already went. You know what I mean? It, it, it's going to be nothing, yeah. man. I mean, last, I, I guess it's possible. I don't know. Speaking of, let me just say my thoughts on the show as a whole. Uh, I thought I, I heard someone say it was a, um, it was a great, it was a good finale to a great show. And that's kind of how I felt where I, the finale itself, I thought was just okay. Um, I felt like a lot of the answers we got of the ones we did get weren't super satisfying. Um, especially the Quicksilver one. I know that a lot of people said, like, don't worry, you shouldn't have, like, put so much stock in theories. And I I agree with that. Like, a lot of the theories about, like, Agatha being connected to Mephisto and all that stuff, That I wasn't really caring about that stuff too much. But I felt like when you cast the exact same person from the X-Men universe, it should have had a little more meaning than just being, like, stunt casting. That really uh, frustrated me, especially because, like, he ended up just being a person. Like, he wasn't even... Like, it wasn't like he was any type of hero or anything. He was just a guy who Agatha gave, um, like, speedy powers to. So that part really frustrated me. Uh, I liked I liked the White Vision, Vision discussion. That was probably my favorite part. But overall, I kind of wanted more from it. I also felt like Sword, I don't think it really ever mattered that much. Like... It just, it started off as like that, they were like the main antagonist. And then it started being more about Wanda like discovering herself and her, like her versus herself being the antagonist. So Sword kind of fell to the wayside for me. Um, Hayward, I felt, was just a really weird character where like at first it seemed like he was like a guy who maybe had faced some things during the blip or whatever, and that had turned him from a good person to a more morally ambiguous person. But then towards the end, like, he shot at kids. That was stupid to me. That felt like they wanted to show Monica having powers, so they had him suddenly being willing to shoot kids. Yeah. That was a little too much for me. I felt like his character in general was just not very well handled. But those are all the negatives. Um, as far as, like, the storytelling from week to week, I really loved it. And the kids, I they, like, I was a little nervous about them at first because the first kids they had... Before they aged up a little bit, I didn't really like them. I felt like they weren't very good actors. And so I was well, that's, nervous so when that's they... Just six, that's just six-year-olds. Yeah, yeah that's just kids in general. Right. But yeah, then I mean, as, they when they aged up, I started liking these kids more. I wish they would have stuck around, and I hope that... I, I assume we'll get them at some point. I really like them. I liked Vision. I never really liked Paul Bettany in the MCU. I always felt like he was kind of one note, but this show really turned me around on that. I really felt like he was... He really gave a great performance, and like everyone talks about Wanda and Agatha a lot, but like I found myself really drawn to his scenes, like anytime he showed emotion and stuff. So, yeah, I really liked it overall. Yeah, I mean, Paul Bettany is—he's—it's amazing what he took as a voiceover role, and now has turned yeah. it into the leading man in a TV series. Yeah, I, my overall thoughts are: I am amazed at the growth of like Elizabeth Olsen. 
as an actor is because those to do that pastiche of Laura Petrie, uh, Florence Henderson, yeah. Elizabeth Montgomery, um, Jane, what's Kaz- her nuts from Kaz- Malcolm in the Middle, right? To be able right um to be able to to be able to do those uh, emulations as an actress i just I, I find that just phenomenal i've gotten a little bit of a facebook debate that you know episode four for me when they finally switched to the actual main story I, it started to bore me a little bit because i was really i was deeply entrenched in the because uh, i watched all that shit on naked night so just to see the how they so exactly emulated and drop in little hints of there's something else going on here i just thought that was a pardon the pun marvel in storytelling yeah, yeah it was cool it was cool it definitely was cool and i will say that yeah. just like you said she did grow on me like and, and and I don't and and to be fair, neither her or Paul Bettany were given much to do in the MCU. Like you know, Paul Bettany for the most part was just a voiceover, and then when he wasn't a voiceover, mm-hmm. he was an android who, while he had to show some learning of emotions, he still had to come off very an- androidy. You know what I mean? And Elizabeth right. Olsen, she just had. I mean, she just had to figure out: Can I? Am I using the accent today or not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, she didn't know which right. way to go. Um, uh, so it, she did grow on me, and I I found myself, uh, in, you know, enjoying her p- portrayal. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, help her when you're acting against somebody like Catherine Hahn, who is just balls out having a ball in this show, um, and you and you just can't help but radiate from her, from her. And I did like what Paul Bettany was doing subtly. Elizabeth um, Wanda was definitely a pastiche of all of those characters that you just mentioned from those sitcoms. Mm-hmm. But Paul Bettany was still very much vision just stuck in the Darren role or the, you know, right. Rob Petrie role or what have you. You know, and, and even then he was probably mm-hmm. more Rob. He's, his Rob Petrie was more Darren because he wasn't the star of his show on there you know what i mean so uh for him to still find a way to actually develop and show that character developing and learning what was going on shout out shout out to him i thought it was i'm actually just surprised that they pulled it off i be honest when i heard that they were going to do a wandavision i was like ah i don't know and then everybody was saying well it maybe it's going to take from the vision um uh the the vision series by Tom King a little bit so I read that and while there's hints of it the story yeah mm. it, the story is really far afield from there so then I was like I I don't know where they're going with this but they pulled it off and which I which I think is good I mean you, I mean you really wouldn't want to see the Tom King no. vision story in the MCU no, at this you're point right, you're right? right. The Tom King vision Okay, well, I I think Tom King's vision world works in the comic Mm -hmm. world because we've had so many years of comic books. Just like I'm okay with the fact that they never exactly emulate what happens in comics. I love to geek out and I love to fan theory along with everybody else. Shit, it would have been great to see this be part of the Mojoverse, right? Hey, it's a television show, so why not use it to introduce Mojo to everybody? Yes, I would love that because I have read 
thousands of comic books over 40 plus years. To bring this medium, to bring these stories to life, though, for the average on the street individual, they do need to truncate. They do need to just pick and parse and then build their own yep. damn thing. And but I, I don't know that, that this was. I don't know that yeah. this is for the average because, like, this reminds me a little bit of like Doctor Who audio plays, where it's like they make them for the average fan, but to you have to do an extra step to get them, and so it's expected yes. that you're a bit more of a fan than the average, and so you can throw things at people that are a little more high level and high concept. And I'm not saying that this show should have like Tom King's vision. We didn't necessarily need that. I didn't need like a house of M as a TV show or anything like that. But I do wish that they had, I feel like at the end of like, they kept hinting at crazier and crazier stuff. Like the Nexus thing, when they gave us a Nexus ad, a lot of people assumed that they were going to introduce that Wanda was a Nexus. Cause in the comics, she is a Nexus, which means that like, she's the only one of her in the multiverse or whatever. So it's like, there was a lot of things they hinted at, and then it ended up that those things were just, like, I guess, teases yeah, but to, to but, the comics. But, but they ended but, up just well, being, to, like, a normal but thing at the end of the said, day. You know, the, the Nexus thing, people thought it was going to hint to Wanda being, like, the only one of one in, in the universe. This, this, uh, this series does point to her as being a one of one. Ag- Agatha Harkness says she is. Basically, like, she is a Scarlet Witch. It's mm-hmm. something that is not supposed to be so they actually so that hint actually does pay off and i think that well yeah that's one but okay, i mean but like th- th- there may, there's th- true there yeah. may be other ones that tangentially may point to other things that maybe it doesn't pay off in the way other people like but i think that to rob's point this is actually for the casual fan but that casual fan mm-hmm. has been watching marvel movies and watching marvel television for now, almost 15 years, 10, 10, 10 years. Or going a little yeah. more than 10 years. So they can shorthand that little stuff in here, knowing that they've got this whole audience that is still relatively young, that is very growing, and it is coming along with them. This acts as, um, uh, if you don't know who Wanda and Vision are, and you probably don't even have a great sense if you've been watching all those movies. This gives you a little bit better sense of it, and it's still... It, well, where does this fit in with all the movies that I was watching? They gave you that as well. Do they give you some member berries mm. as far as people from different TV shows and different movies? They do that as well. Did they pull some more, you know, chestnuts off of the some fruit off of the Marvel tree in the comics to feed to you with Sword and, and Monica Rambeau? They do that mm. at they do that as well. As um just like uh Rob said, just you know, like you got to pick and choose, and then you build your narrative on there for that casual there's, fan that they are cultivating. There, there's fun that I am fine with a lose, right? Uh, they they can drop something that is going to mean something to both you and I, Brandon, because we've read the comic books and we've watched the movies, right? They can do those alludes as long as it's in context. What I don't dig, uh, straight up red herrings. And I will say the introduction, am I having a stroke? The introduction of the Fox Universe Quicksilver, I'll say that was kind of a red herring. They could have gotten anybody to play this Peter Boner guy, Michael Boner, whatever the hell his name ended up being. Uh, They could have gotten anybody to play that. But to get, you know, uh, Michael Peters to do that from the Fox universe, I kind of go, that's one where they they were 
a wink yeah. and a nod and breaking the fourth wall and trying to set us all off on a different path. That was less of a lube, more of a red herring. And I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I was fine with it. Evan Peters. I am, though. I That, I, I that was, was the thing was that annoyed mad. me the most. I really? I was mad. Um, yeah, because yes. like, like I said, it didn't have to be him from the Fox yeah. universe. Like, this didn't be, have to be how you introduce X-Men or anything like that. But I feel like if you bring someone that noticeable, it yeah. has to mean more than it did. Uh, yes. Okay. So, yeah. Unless unless they have zero plan to recognize any of the Fox universe when they finally do introduce mutants. If, I don't think they I, do, I, I, but I feel I like... I don't think they it, should, because most yeah. of 90% of it's shit. And th- which also but, means that they can't, rep- they can't do Quicksilver, because their Quicksilver already died. <coughs> so for all of y'all wanting Quicksilver, this is, this is as good as you're going to get. I mean, but he can come back, because apparently death doesn't mean anything. Listen, we got vision. That's back. the different death. That's what, the what does death that's mean? Different. You know that. Yeah, that no, is, it's not synthesoid. Thank you very much. Vision was you treated as a human. Vision was treated as a human being. <laughs> He's a synthesoid. Get it straight. <laughs> in a in a meet that with genetic engineering, maybe you can. Exactly. He was he was a person. Oh like they God. spent the whole thing being like, we don't. We don't trade lives because he's a person. That was the whole climax of Infinity War, is that he was a person. <laughs> well, what, what I'm, I, know, I, I am sure if people want Quicksilver, they'll bring Quicksilver back because the MCU is comics brought to life, and comics death doesn't mean anything. What I thought was most interesting out of all this is that the Infinity Gems aren't gone; they are living at the atomic level. Yeah. Within yeah, all of these characters now, yeah. So that's, I, yes, you're right. They oh, could do almost anything. I mean, I if you think even, about it, yeah. yeah. I even pieced that together, the right? Power, the Power Stone is part of Peter Quill now um, from Guardians. Uh, when he got jacked, Guardians, yeah, when he got jacked around. Oh. I was trying to remember, did he get jacked around by that in Endgame or was it Guardians? Guardians. Uh, See, the, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't read it that way. I read it as when she said that that was the part of the soul stone or whatever that is in me mm-hmm. or no it was the mind stone i assumed that was from when she touched the staff like because she touched it so she got an essence of the she got mind her, stone from that right that's she, got she got her got powers, powers from the i thought it was the power stone because her powers are red but vision's yellow so i assumed she got her powers from the red stone and then well, she touched the yellow stone at some point and so that's where she got that from i assume i didn't assume everyone had in essence, just from like when they've interacted I, with it. I think anybody who's putzed around with the stones has now has an element of them inside. Well, yeah, of them. I think anyone who's like di- had direct contact, kinda, but not necessarily everyone. Kind of like if you think about um, if you read the Absolute Carnage miniseries from about a year or two ago, where anyone who has symbiote is left with a little bit of a codex inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's something like that, where there's like a, just a little. You've been touched by it. You've been touched by the the powers. Yeah power gems uh todd engel says this is kind of for everyone but really for people like me who have been invested in the wanda and vision for decades but that's a very small audience but see i don't feel like it was that's my problem is that i don't think it was for them because like if you wanted to really be for those characters i feel like you would have gone a little farther with the comic book Uh, stuff i mean you went they went pretty far into comic book stuff they they went they got agatha harkness photon sword they went deep into the comic book stuff but but then what did those people do like agatha harkness became a floating witch who threw light balls sword didn't really do much photon glowed a little bit maybe 
her eyes maybe uh, glowed if I you say zoomed in. She all- Go ahead, JD. You haven't talked with her. Go ahead. I was going to say, she also um, phased through bullets. Yeah. And she, yeah. But and like, what she even, is the one that brought Wanda, I don't know even what her Wanda powers are. To, to a degree as well. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I liked it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Like I said, I still like the show overall. It's just I feel like I feel like it's hinted at being the most comic booky comic book show we could get. And then at the end of the day, it became a normal show. And all of the things that in the comics would have had some really comic-y explanation ended up having a very uh average explanation. In you the need show. to do you need to do that for the medium, my friend. Yeah. But I don't. You think only you, have that's ten episodes thing. and a half hour because you have a pretext. You have a context of knowledge. You've got to go talk to somebody who hasn't read a comic book and has only watched the TV shows and ask them how this sort of Freytag's pyramid played out right. for them. You're kind of like I've talked to people and they tangents. were like, this, "I've talked to people who haven't read comics and they said that they still felt the finale was." subpar because they felt like it didn't it was hinting at a lot of interesting things and they didn't know what those things were but they could tell that it was leading somewhere cool and then they felt like it kind of dropped the ball they in fact i heard someone say it felt um predictable well i mean yeah I, i'll agree that it was predictable i mean yeah but that's comic it was yeah. i mean that's comic books that comic book movie but it's not comics oh, are predictable um <laughs> that's not true you, you, <laughs> the best of comics, I wouldn't say. I mean, like, yeah, good's gonna beat evil. But aside from that, like, I wouldn't say that comics overall are. Well, I would, or at least as, the best. As of someone comics. who has read the best of comics for over forty years, I would disagree with you. I think comic mm-hmm. books are predictable. It's just a matter of the storytelling and the machinations of it change it's how they, it's get, how they there. get there. That formulae. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that I felt like this was more like the best comics aren't necessarily formulaic and you don't necessarily know. Like you might be able to guess what's going to happen in issue six of a six issue miniseries, right. but not necessarily what's going to happen in issue well, like, that's three what or just four. Said. And I felt right. like with this, but I felt like with this by towards the end, like each you could kind of see where it was going and it didn't it wasn't necessarily as interesting as it could have been. I think it was funny that all of these people, you know, so many people came into my shop and were like, what do you think? What, do you, what is your, what's your take on it? What are they going to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. I have no interest in pontificating yeah. and trying to figure out the future uh, wrap ups of these stories and who they're going to introduce I, and who's really behind it is Mephisto and all this stuff. I'm not interested in that. I'm just along for the ride. I, I enjoy the pontification. The thing is, you can't be butthurt when your pontification don't come play to right. reality. That's where I was heading. Yeah. I thought, it, again, I you were totally, yeah. yeah. You were helping out in the store, JD, but I said, oh, cool. You know, television, shit, wouldn't it be great if Mojoverse came into here, right? right? What a great way to introduce the mutants. Everybody's watching this show on Mojoverse. Yeah. I knew that probably wasn't going to happen, but boy, was it fun to talk about for yeah. an hour. Yeah, it's just I think when talking about it, um, uh, thinking about all of the possibilities, I feel like they went with the most basic of them. Like, I don't need Mojoverse. I don't need Mephisto. I don't need the darkness or whatever is a thing in Wanda's history. I don't need any of that crazy stuff. I just needed something more than I guess what we got. I guess it's not even like from a comic book perspective, just from a storytelling perspective. I felt like what we got was very, like you said, like formulaic. And I, wish thing, we had I don't more. know what the, you do have to bear in mind is not only was this a 
built for television series. It's a series that was built for Disney Plus, which also hampers certain levels of their storytelling that you do have to play play around with. Again, I'm I was fine with it, but that also but see, does play a part. But I would disagree because if you go to Disney Plus, look at The Mandalorian. Like that pulls things from the shows, from the movies, like even little hints from the books. Like that. Like if you look at that versus this, like it pull. It's it's made for a. It's not for the diehard of diehard fans, but it is that show is definitely more for a high a bit of a higher level fan than someone who's just seen the movie once I, or twice. I, I don't. I and, don't necessarily agree with that so much um, because I think I think both of these properties pull from all those different tangents to create a whole. I'll agree that The Mandalorian maybe did it better. It's a better show. I'll give I'll give you that. But I think the the Mandalorian is also um, at its concept is trying to be a different type of show. It's trying to be a very like almost like a like the the the, the Mandalorian feels like a western to me. You know what I mean? And, oh, it is. And, yeah. Which is a totally like a, just a really totally different genre than what WandaVision is trying is trying to be as a show. But I think in how they got there, I think they're both doing the same. All of yeah, same well, but my you know, point if you look is at, like, if you look at the Mandalorian, Mandalorian is not after episode nine and moving the forward, the story forward to the next phase of, the, of the, that universe. Right. The Mandalorian is a standalone little side tale that we didn't really ever need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love, you know, it's great. I love mm-hmm. that it exists, but it's not like it introduced elements that we were all clamoring for. Uh, answers to right but did this because to me this didn't introduce anything i was clamoring for uh oh i'd say for me uh uh, photon the fact that we got a brand new hero out of it that uh we were introduced to in captain Mm. marvel and i wasn't sure they were even going to give her powers and the fact that they gave her powers i was clapping i was clapping during that scene because i was so excited to see her that's my thing is like keep going sorry what i was just gonna say like i don't feel that her power, like they never really did much with her power. Like she glowed. That was about it. Give and it like, time. yeah, boys went to her. In the last episode, she just figured this shit out like a week ago. I mean, exactly. That's my point. Is that like, yeah, it will get there. And Photon, I'm sure, will be an amazing hero. But I don't feel that this show is like I. I that's not like a bonus for the show that we saw her get the beginning. Okay, but the bo- but also the show um, develops Wanda and vision way more than the movies yeah. did so much so that we now have a whole nother vision and wanda now not only has a name but seemingly has more of a a mission a a, a reason to be as opposed to just being just someone who who escaped tyranny or whatever so uh, and it's very ambiguous so i i think it has set us up something. Yeah, I think it moved and things forward. It changed the it's changed the status quo. Um the creation of two new life mm-hmm. forms and yeah. the certainly um, more know, than children. Certainly more than um Shields of Age or Agents of Shield ever did. True, but I still just going back to like the Mandalorian, what I was saying is that like I still think that that for the star that did like that even if it didn't necessarily advance the Star Wars universe, it introduced aspects of it to a larger audience and i wish this had done like to me this would be like if you mentioned ahsoka in mandalorian but you didn't show her like that's kind of how Mm -hmm. it felt like 
this show did it where it kept hinting at things, but it didn't show any of the like larger stuff. I think you can. And again, we've got two seasons of Mandalorian, which we're trying to compete with, you know, eight episodes of WandaVision. So that might be a bit of an unfair comparison. But again, they're on they are on completely different objectives. This is stretching out a small moment of time that is almost forgotten when you look at the Mandalorian. WandaVision had upon its shoulders to push the MC universe forward and how much it pushed it forward. We can debate that. It's probably some will say a smidge. Right. Some will say a lot, depending on how much you care about these different characters that came out of it. Um, but again, they're, they're different objectives. And just because they both live under the Disney banner, I would not be putting them on the same equation scale. I think there's a reason on Disney plus when you go into there that you pick a universe to go off and watch. There's a reason they don't have it all just a Messerschmitt of yeah. stuff there, you know? But yeah. there you go. There you go. So, so JD <laughs> is not here to sign us off, but, but the next thing that is coming by way of Marvel on Disney Plus is the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, or Falcon, Falcon and Winter Falcon. Soldier, yeah. you know, however you want to. Mm-hmm. I, I keep calling Winter Soldier myself. But um, are we... But, but it has a are you looking forward to that? I'm, I'm curious, Rob, are you looking forward to that soon? Um, I am. And again, it's mainly based off of what I know from the movie. So here's a great area where I'm coming into it as a bit of a neophyte because most of my time with Marvel was definitively spent with the mm-hmm. mutants or with the Hulk, right? I did not get that into Captain America. I'm not that, you know, well-versed in Bucky. So I'm just kind of taking it from the relationship and the banter that those two had within um, Civil War, right? right? When they were kind of getting chased by Spider-Man. And then, of course, that that moment at Endgame when, you know, Cap's shield is sitting there and he's oldie Cap and... Falcon now kind of picks it up and takes on the mantle of Captain America. So, yeah, absolutely. I want to see more Marvel stuff. So, please. What about you, B? I'm very excited for it. Honestly, more excited now that I've seen WandaVision. My expectations will be a little lower. Um, But I like I think (laughs) I'm kidding, sort of. But honestly, looking at the trailer for it compared to the trailer for WandaVision, like this show, I think it's going to be different. And I'm excited mm-hmm. for what it will be. Also, I don't know the Captain America like war as well as I mean I don't really know Wanda war either. But also like WandaVision in general is just a weirder like aspect mm-hmm. of the Marvel universe. And so mm-hmm. I think it's it would have been harder for them to do the weirder things whereas with this I'm excited just to see whatever they do and I think it'll be it'll be easier for them to draw from just like at the end of the day, a guy who's just really a good soldier. Like it'll be easy to tell like a good spy thriller story over however many episodes. Well, and, and and a buddy right. story, right? I mean, it's definitely yeah. gonna be it's definitely gonna yeah, I don't want to say Turner and Hooch, because that's a bad analogy, but that's the first thing that popped in my so head. Topical. So topical. Like Turner and Hooch, right? Tango yeah. and Cash. Kids ask your grandparents. Oh, Tango and Cash. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Yeah, there we go. That's a better T. Yeah. Um uh, I'm curious. Todd Engel comments, uh, will it be cool or horribly PC and whack? Hopefully it has a bit of an edge and also fun and not just what preaching about what? Because a black guy is Captain America now? Did he say, did he say preaching? Of course, JD. PC. In the next comments, he said, yeah. not will it be preaching. cool or horribly PC and whack? 
hopefully it is just a bit of an edge and also fun and not just preaching. I don't see it being pre. I don't see it being preaching hmm. at all. Uh, I think I see it hmm. actually being a return to what I think was the most successful cinematic slice of the Marvel um, universe, which was the Captain America movies. So, so I'm hmm. really excited for that. I'm excited for the exploration of those two characters. Uh, I like Anthony Mackie. I like is Sebastian Shaw. Is that the um, a uh, Stan. Stan. Uh, Stan. Yeah. Sebastian Shaw is the That's black right. king, right? From X Men. I like I like both the actors. Um, so I'm and the trailer does look like it's going to be like a totally different feel, totally different vibe, almost like a oh, yeah. you know a stretched out movie. My concern is that they hopefully don't stretch it out too far. I think they said it's only supposed to be six episodes or something like that. So that sounds perfect for me. Um, I'm 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 excited about it. I, I you I'll know say, to, to bounce off of Todd's comment, um, I, I oh okay, <laughs> so it's only six issues episodes. I didn't realize that. Uh, how long? How many was uh, WandaVision? Nine. 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 Yeah, nine. I think nine was a perfect nine. amount. Um, but six is fine. The problem with six, I think, is that it's not going to do the thing that I want it to do, which is what Todd doesn't hope it does, which is the fact that it's going to be dealing with the fact that there is now a black man who's Captain America. Uh, I would like a commentary on that. And I would like them to delve into that in the Marvel universe. Um, you know, they did it a bit um, with um, when Cap was, I'm sorry, when Falcon was Cap in the comic mm-hmm. books, um, you know, ha- you know, mm-hmm. hashtag not my Captain America and all that stuff. I think that that is an incredibly interesting thing to look at with this character and not just, oh, yeah, there's a new guy with the shield. You know, I, th- I think part I think, of the thing that makes it interesting is that yeah. the, the sort of the, the race relations of it. I think it's going... It's go. It's not going to be preachy. I I predict it won't be preachy. A lot of people will say it will be preachy anyway. Yeah, no but I what do, they do think that it will. Yeah. yeah, but I do think it will. Um, I think yeah, it's going to address that because, like, in the same way that Wandavision did different things week to week, but was still so like at its core about her grief. I think this will have that as an aspect of it, even if it's not the main driving force. It'll still be an aspect throughout it. Also, I'm very excited to see Agent 13, I think her name is, because I feel like they have not done enough with her, and she really interests me. And I hope that in the same way that WandaVision gave us more of Wanda and Vision, um, I hope that this does a little more with her. Obviously, she's not the main character, so it won't be as much, but I hope that we get a little more from her. Do you think they're going to make her a love interest for one of the characters? Yeah, probably. Probably they, Bucky. They probably will, right? That's I what I was thinking. Not. I don't think they Is need any... to. I don't think they should, but I think they're going to. Have they leaked anything at all, or have you guys gleaned anything about what the actual plot might be? I have, I've seen the trailer. That's it. I think it's... Yeah, I think okay. it's, from the trailers, I'm assuming it's going to be that, like, Cap gave um, Sam the shield, but... America, like the government, wants to have their own Captain America because we know U.S. Agent is in it. Oh. Yeah, so it seems that. like it's going to be a bit of a hmm. thing between those two. And also we know um, Zemo's in it. So I assume he'll be in the background doing stuff too. I'm excited for the return of Zemo. I liked him in um, yeah. Civil War. Yeah. 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 As, 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 as um, rife with coincidence as his, yeah. his uh, ulterior motives were. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be cool. Same season. Yeah. Uh, any any final words before we peace out? Nope. Lens, Lens Lens said said I do have an announcement. What? The Black Tribbles are going to be presenting <laughs> the world's longest live podcast. Look it up on Kickstarter right now, ladies and gentlemen. 
world's longest live podcast, 60 hours straight, April 16th through the 18th. Yes, me and Robert Monroe Jr. will be sharing our birthday on the 17th. We're going to have a pancake eating challenge. We're going to have karaoke. We're going to do role play. We're going to have rapping. We're going to have comedy. We're going to be geeking. It's going to be insane. We're going to have um, gambling, alcohol. It's going to be insane. We need your help. Look for the world's longest live podcast on Kickstarter. Check out our video. It's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. Check it out. It's going to be big time. There you go. Nice. Are you, you going to sleep at all during those 60 we hours? We actually have a bet <laughs> of which triple is going to be the first one to, to rock out. So I, I have a personal goal of trying to stay up for 36 hours at least. So because I think that's how long I'm going to have to do to beat Eric. Eric is probably is like the favorite to, to last out the longest. We all know that Ariel of Amalgam Comics, she's going to rock out when she first time she gets here. She's just going to go straight to sleep. She's like, hey, yeah. I'll see y'all at 10 o'clock. <laughs> but um, like we, we've got to bet the, who's going to last the longest. I'm trying to go 36 at least. Nice. Are you guys just doing it as a like in-person thing? Or are you guys going to call oh, in no, people and stuff like that? Oh, no, we've got special guests that are going to be calling in. We've got a whole ton of guests. Uh, we, I'm still actually, I thought I was going to fix, I have something to announce, but I don't, uh, unfortunately. But we've got guests calling in from all over the world, from all over the geek sphere. Um, and we're going to, are going to have some people that are going to be live in person. But because of COVID, we got to limit, limit that number. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. It's going to be insane. It's going to be streaming live. For people to check us out for that entire weekend. Dates again? It's April 16th through the 18th. The world's longest live podcast. Nice. Make sure you get your taxes done. Oh, shit. I gotta start that. They might do an extension. They're talking about it. So, hopefully. Hmm. Well, yeah. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank I haven't you. seen you in a long time and I miss you. It's good to Congrats see you. Congrats on the baby. Thank you. Miss you guys. Love you guys. Wow. Yes. Uh, Brandon, Inspector Spacetime Tribble, where can the people find you? Here, maybe. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. Book wherever there is space time, <laughs> okay. I will be there. I'm sorry, Rob, I forgot to ask you, where can the people find you online if they want to talk to you? Same same big bullshit answer, Brandon. Just get... <laughs> Great. Wherever there's wherever space time, you'll find you'll Rob find and Brandon. Brandon and Rob. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, that's it. We're done. Get the get the hell out of here. <laughs> I got to go run my comic shop at forty three twenty seven Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, and that's it. Like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Be we safe. love you. We will talk at you later. Oh, be safe. Also, that. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This is